keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be out with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. Tuesday, May the 17th, 2022. Praise be to Jesus. It's going to be a great show. But here's a uh, a couple of the difficult topics we're going to cover today. Number one, is there a major food crisis looming in the world? I mean, could we actually see mass starvation or famine? Well, one of the things that I like to do is I like to see what the farmers are saying about all this. So we've invited one today from Yanasa Ranch. Uh, Charles Rankin's going to be on at 35 past the hour to talk about major food critical issues, food shortages, how the uh, diesel prices and all of that is affecting our food supply. That's coming up at 35 past the hour. But we do have a rare treat today. Joining us in studio at 15 past the hour, Mr. Julio Laredo from Tradition Family and Property is going to be on to talk about liberation theology within the Catholic Church, unmasking liberation theology. That's coming up at 15 past. going to be a great conversation. Stick around for that. Lots in the news, of course. Uh, we did not get the Roe decision yesterday when the Supreme Court handed out their decisions. Uh, Ted Cruz got a win, but Roe v. Wade didn't, so we'll be keeping you up to date on that. A, Colo- a Colorado mother of three has uh, come out and said that uh, her school tried to groom her 12-year-old daughter. We're going to try to hook her, up, hook her up on the show and get her on the program to share that story at some point in the near future. Uh, President Joe Biden has said he's going to travel to Buffalo. I wish he would have traveled to Waukesha as well. Let's remember the six killed there in addition to the ten killed in Buffalo. Let's keep their souls in our prayers today. Good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Good morning, Joe. In addition to that, I'd like to say that perhaps we're going to get more baby formula soon. Oh, it looks like God. the Abbott uh, factory is going to be reopened, hopefully, if they uh, yeah. get their act together. The FDA closed them down? Yes, there was a bacterial infection in uh, in some of the formula. Some of the batches were sent out, and uh, as a result, a baby died. So... Um, they closed the, the factory down. That's actually why there's a shortage. Got it. Yeah, crazy. Well, let's hope that that gets resolved fairly quickly. Uh, praise be to God. But it's going to be a great program today. In addition to that, in the next hour, for those of you that are able to join us, we surely would love to have you hanging out with us. We do have uh, good news. Uh, we have our game show, prizes, and an after show. And today, we're going to get to continue our conversation with Mr. Julio Laredo in our after show. So it's like bonus content. So make sure to hang out with us if you can on our website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt speaking of bonuses adrian fonseca is here on the ones and twos good morning to you, adrian howdy howdy praise be to god it's good to be here is it it is praise be to god in spite of it all uh, pff, i'm excited because uh pff, we're gonna talk to mr julio today and uh, he's a great person to talk to a genius of a man so i'm very much looking forward to the conversation praise be to god and uh, plus if y'all are watching online mm-hmm. you're gonna see for the first time our banners and our comments popping up on the uh, YouTube feed or on the uh, live stream feed. So bonus, check that out if you are watching online. Unfortunately, we can only put up comments from YouTube, but that's where we're at right now. Well, we're working on it anyway. 
God is good. Uh, but the after show is where you get to ask questions directly. You get to drive the conversation. So if there's anything on your mind, be sure to hang out with us on one of our live video feeds, which, by the way, you can always do right on our website. If you go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT, you can find the live feed there, plus the, link, the links to all the other live feeds in addition. That, again, that's grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Let's pray. Let's jump in. We have a great hour to get to. Make sure to share us with a friend. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now your headlines with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. Today is Tuesday, May 16th, and these are your news roundup. Reuters reports Abbott, FDA, reach agreement to reopen baby formula facility in Michigan. Abbott Laboratories said on Monday that it had reached an agreement with the U.S. health regulator to resume production of baby formula at its troubled Michigan plant, marking a major step towards resolving a nationwide shortage of the product. The company said once U.S. Food and Drug Administration confirms that the initial requirements have been met, the site could be restarted within two weeks. The Washington Examiner reports California church shooting was motivated by hate against Taiwanese community. Officials have determined the shooting at the Geneva Presbyterian Church on Sunday was a politically motivated hate crime against the Taiwanese community. Authorities named Chinese-born David Wenwei Chu as the suspect in the shooting, which killed one and wounded five others and opened a federal hate crime investigation against him. Chu was detained Sunday after being restrained by Taiwanese congregants within the church. Breitbart reports Mexican president praises soldiers for protecting cartel gunmen by running from them. Mexican President Manuel Obrador sparked controversy for defending his country's soldiers after a video showed them retreating from a convoy of cartel members. The president claimed to escape, claimed the escape rather protected the lives of the cartel gunmen. The comments, the comments earned L L Lopez Obrador criticism from all sectors of Mexican society. One such criticism said, Sir, he who mutilates, rapes, dismembers, and murders women and kids, and burns entire towns, etc., has lost all trace of humanity, said Adrian Labaran, whose daughter and grandchildren were killed by cartel gunmen in the southern border state of Sonora. You leave in two years. Don't leave behind a country of impunity. The Blaze reports, Goldman Sachs senior chairman shares stark prediction for U.S. economy. Very, very high risk of recession, he says. Blinkfein explained to the explained the Federal Reserve has powerful tools at its disposal to counteract the impacts of the ongoing inflation crisis, but he noted that it's hard to finely tune them and it's hard to see the effects of them quickly enough to alter it. Therefore, Blinkfein said Americans should be prepared for an economic downturn. Blinkfein also agreed with analysis from the Federal Reserve of San Francisco, which concluded that the inflation crisis has been caused in part by President Joe Biden's COVID stimulus bill. And those were your headline news this morning. God love you. The saint of the day is to actually two saints for today. The saints of the day are Saint Pascal Bologne and Blessed Antonia Messina. Saint Pascal was a Franciscan lay brother and mystic 
born to a peasant family at Tor Hermosa in Aragon, on Whit Sunday he was christened Pascua in honor of the feast. According to accounts of his early life, Pascual labored as a shepherd for his father and performed miracles and was distinguished for his austerity. He also taught himself to read, receiving a vision which told him to enter a nearby Franciscan community, he became a Franciscan lay brother of Alcatrine, the reform of 1564, and spent most of his life as a humble doorkeeper. He practiced rigorous asceticism and displayed a deep love for the Blessed Sacrament, so much so that while on mission to France, he defended the doctrine of the real presence against a Calvinist preacher, and in the face of threats from other irate Calvinists, Pascal died at a friary in Villarreal and was canonized in 1690. In 1897, Pope Leo XIII declared him patron of all Eucharistic confraternities and congresses. Blessed Antonia Messina, Antonia Messina was born on the 21st of June 1919 as the second of ten children born to a poor policeman. Once she completed her initial education, which spanned a brief period of time, she took over the housekeeping at home in order to assist her bedridden mother, who suffered from a heart condition. She took care of the household, including the care of her siblings, as well as cooking and cleaning and washing. Messina joined Catholic Action in 1929 and became a noted recruiter. Messina looked, liked to be part of this movement and believed that it, quote, helps one to be good. Messina set off for Mass one morning with a friend and after that went to gather firewood. In mid-1935, when Ignacio Catuga attacked her and tried to rape her. Her friend screamed and ran off to find help. Messina managed to escape twice, but on a third attempt was knocked down. Messina defended herself and was murdered because she resisted his advances. And she was struck with a rock 74 times. Her remains were examined after her death and it was found that she had not been violated during or after the attack. The last blow to her smashed the skull and disfigured her face. He was soon apprehended on the 27th of April 1937 and sentenced to death. The firing squad executed him on the following 5th of August. And on October 5th, 1935, the Catholic Action member Venerable Armida Barele, who had met Messina once, met with Pope Pius XI and informed him of Messina's activism in her murder. St. Pascal Bologna and Blessed Antonia Messina pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The Gospel today comes to us from John chapter 14, verses 27 through 31. Jesus said to his disciples, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give it to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled or afraid. You heard me tell you, I am going away and I will come back to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice that I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you this before it happens, so that when it happens, you may believe. I will no longer speak much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming. He has no power over me. But the world must know that I love the Father, and that I do just as the Father has commanded me. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. St. Ignatius Catholic Commentary today said, My peace, not worldly peace, which is often procured by violence and is always unstable, but a spiritual serenity that comforts us regardless of our outward circumstances.
St. Augustine would say, but there is a peace which is serenity of thought, tranquility of mind, simplicity of heart, the bond of love, the fellowship of charity. None will be able to come to the inheritance of the Lord who do not observe his testament of peace. None but friends with Christ who are at enmity with the Christians. Though he was only going for a time, their hearts would be troubled and afraid for what might happen before he returned, lest in the absence of the shepherd the wolf might attack the flock. Close quote. St. Augustine, pray for us. I love this point because it does point out that prior to the, uh, the tongues of fire at the Holy Pentecost in the upper room, they were living in fear. They were in the upper room, they were locked up, and they weren't going out. And then after this critical moment in the church's history, there is, there is courage, there is confidence. Peter himself goes out and preaches to the masses, you know, basically laying the hammer. And 3,000 people were baptized and became Catholic that day, praise be to God. So there is a great thing here in that he goes to the Father and wonderful graces pour forth as a result of that. But this passage starts a big debate within the church and there are many who would say that they would point to this passage and say, see, Jesus says God the Father is greater, and therefore he is not equal. He is not God. Arius would say this. Jehovah's Witnesses would say this. And there are others, too. Is this the case? Well, Ignatius Catholic Commentary points out that the, that the Son is equal to the Father in his divinity, but less than the Father in his humanity. Although no one of the divine persons exceeds the others in greatness or glory in the eternal trinity, there is a relational hierarchy among them, where, unlike the Son and the Spirit, the Father alone possesses divine paternity and has the distinction of being entirely without origin. Close quote, Ignatius Catholic Commentary. St. Augustine says, quote, The Son himself, because that being equal to the Father in the form of God, he emptied himself, not losing the form of God, but taking that of a servant, is greater even than himself. The form of God, which is not lost, is greater than the form of a servant which was put on. In this form of a servant, the Son of God is inferior not to the Father only, but to the Holy Ghost. In this, the child Christ was inferior even to his parents, to whom we read he was subject. Let us acknowledge then the twofold substance of Christ, the divine, which is equal to the Father, and the human, which is inferior. But Christ is both, together, not two, but one Christ. Close quote. St. Augustine, pray for us. Praise be to God and all things. Thank you, verboom.com forward slash GRN for your generous sponsorship, giving us the tools to dive deep into the gospel reflection. We'll have more for that in the next hour. But coming up after this very short break, Mr. Julio Laredo will be here to talk about his book, Liberation Theology, How Marxism Infiltrated the Catholic Church. Don't go anywhere. Be right back. Men, it's time. The Men's March to End Abortion and Rally for Personhood is Saturday, June 11th, the weekend before Father's Day, from 12 to 3 p.m. in Tallahassee, Florida. Men gather at 12 p.m. for the march. All women, children, and families join us for the 2 p.m. rally at the Florida State Capitol. You are needed. Every life matters. Join us on June 11th in Tallahassee. For more information, go to themensmarch.com. 
Atheists claim they don't need God to be a good person, implying God's not relevant to morality. But is this true? Well, atheists can be good in the sense of knowing behaviors that respect the goods of human nature and living accordingly. St. Paul acknowledges this natural moral law in Romans chapter 2. But this doesn't mean God is irrelevant when it comes to morality. And here's the reason. Besides God's grace being necessary to live the moral law perfectly and merit heaven, God is necessary for the law to be morally binding. How can the moral law be binding if there's no moral law giver behind it that surpasses human authority? The answer is, it can't. So, an atheist can follow the natural moral law, but only the theist is consistent in saying that such a law is morally obligatory. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, catholic.com. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you today. Praise be to God. Good morning. Coming up at 35 past the hour, we're going to have Mr. Charles Rankin on from Yanasa Ranch to talk about uh, a major food crisis, a potential famine on the horizon. What is the story there, especially with all of the uh, food processing plants uh, suffering through fires this year, record number, diesel, fertilizer, all of that. I like to listen to what the local farmers and ranchers are saying, so we've invited one. Mr. Charles Rankin is going to give us his perspective on that coming up at 35 past the hour. But there are, as I say, lots of stories in the news that are great concern to me, and I'm sure they are to you. And today we have a special treat. Joining us live in studio is Mr. Julio Laredo from Tradition Family Defense of the Tradition Family and Property. He's normally hanging out in Rome, Italy, but today he's here with us in studio. Good morning to you, Mr. Laredo. Oh, hello and good morning to everybody. It's, it's so great to be, to be here. I've uh, participated in your program so many times, but it's the very first time that I'm here in presence, so it's a great joy. It's a great joy for me to be here. Praise be to Jesus. You're, I guess you're on speaking tour here in the United States. I'm on speaking tour, uh, presenting this book on liberation theology. We just had a couple of conferences in California. We'll have three conferences here in Texas, and this tour will, will end in Washington, D.C., uh, on Saturday, and then I might come back in October for the next leg of this uh, presentation tour. Excellent. Praise God. So the book is called Liberation Theology, How Marxism Infiltrated the Catholic Church. Tell us about your book. Well, I will begin with, the, with one, one thing that maybe you don't know, that all everything began here in Texas, in the sense that I began to write this book having in mind what the so-called Catholic left was doing here in Texas, and speaking of the mid-1980s, in which... Um, the, the liberation theology movement got in a very close symbiosis with the Alinsky-inspired mm-hmm. People's uh, uh, Organizations Network, and they began to do things which the Catholic left normally does, for example, in Latin American cu- countries. But this was very, very new for the American public, so they asked the American TFP to do some research, to do some studies, and that was the be- uh, beginning of all. Then uh, the whole liberation theology thing just sort of shrank because, uh, for, well, first of all, Pope John Paul II condemned liberation theology in 1984. Then their, uh, their paradises began to, f- paradises meaning the communist countries began to fail one after the other, the Iron Curtain failed, etc. And the whole thing just sort of shrank. But 
Already in uh, 2011, 12, 13, the whole thing began to be reproposed, and then with the election of Pope, of Pope Francis, that was interpreted as a comeback of all these movements. So I decided mm. to uh, retrieve this book, which was already written original in English, mm. and translated into I Italian, and it was presented in 2014 uh, uh, in, in Rome. So now this uh, presentation tour is sort of coming, going back to the origins. Because yeah. this was a book intended for the United States. Got it. There's um, so many movements within the church that um, maybe we've never heard of before. What exactly is liberation theology for those who have never heard of it before? Exactly. Well, one of the, one of the things that I, I always say, and that's how I begin the presentation of this book, is this. We're Catholics, and so everything that happens to Holy Mother Church is automatically the most important thing that, that can happen in the world. Mm -hmm. Now, that Holy Mother Church is in the throes of an immense and terrible crisis that's there for every, everyone to see. All the popes have spoken about etc. Now, when you begin to, to, to study the roots or the origins or the causes of, of, this, of, the, of this crisis, people tend, tend to go to the 1960s, as if the 1950s were paradise and then the 1970s were hell. Uh, and it's not like this. I mean, liberation theology is a part of a centuries-old process called the revolution, which also infiltrated the church. So in my book, I trace the roots of liberation theology, and that's the subtitle, How Marxism Infiltrated the Church. And I begin my analysis with uh, liberal Catholicism in the 1800s, modernism, new theology, so-called nouvelle theologie, on the philosophical and theological level. Uh, uh, on the other hand, there was a movement of uh, leftward social activism that began with social Catholicism, became democratic Catholicism, became Christian socialism, out of which comes liberation theology. So you see, it's a whole series of movements whose uh, defining element is wanting to destroy the church, wanting to destroy her structure, wanting to destroy her doctrines, wanting to destroy the very instruments that she uses for the salvation of, of our souls. You know, the French, you made a great connection to the French Revolution in an article on the very same subject, and I think it can't be uh, stated enough how, how bad the French Revolution was for, for the world, but for the church herself. Yes, historians, especially uh, French and European uh, uh, historians, showed that the French Revolution was essentially anti-Catholic, and therefore it was anti-monarchist. Their motto, we know liberty, equality, fraternity, but their real motto is revolution would not triumph until the last priest is, is hung in the in, with the entrails of the last noble. There's wow. no priests and no nobles. This is the radical, egalitarian, and libertarian spirit of the French Revolution. Now, unfortunately, well, it, 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 it was condemned by the post, Pius VI, uh, Pius VII, etc. But unfortunately, there was a current of Catholics who wanted to embrace the ideals of the French Revolution, seeing in the French Revolution the wave of the future. And this is what... Uh, defines all this movement that I've been mentioning. Their craving, I wouldn't just call it a desire, but it's a real craving of adapting the church to modern times or better to a, to a particular ideological interpretation of modern times. And this is why Pius IX, blessed Pius IX, when he condemned liberal Catholicism, he said, it's a party of those who wants to baptize the revolution.
Mr. Julio, you know, I was thinking about this. I just went on a trip to Florida, and and St. Augustine, Florida, beautiful, beautiful uh, church there, the Basilica right there in St. Augustine. But, you know, when I was there, it shook me because there is a ginormous sign about Amoris Letizia and something about the environment and how uh, to be true Christians, we needed to care for the environment. And, of course, we have to be stewards of what God has given us. But where, why, what is a practical, practical application of this liberation theology that we're seeing right now? Well, the thing is this, what, why liberation? Because they, they begin their analysis from um, this view, this dialectical view, which they uh, inherit directly from Marxism. Everything in life is dialectical. Everything in life is a fight. So of the oppressed against their, uh, their uh, oppressors. So liberation theology wanted to, quote, lib uh, uh, liberate the proletarians by do doing a revolution against the bourgeoisie, communism. But uh, already in, in 1980, they did a World Cong Congress of Liberation uh, uh, Theologians in Marignol in New York. And they said, well, communism is going down the drain, so we have to change things. So they began to adapt that same dialectical view to other situations of, quotations, oppression. So women are oppressed by men, feminist liberation theology. Um, certain races, blacks, Indians, are oppressed by the white race. So they say black liberation theology, indigenous liberation theology, and so on. And finally, they came out with the idea that the earth is oppressed by man and needs liberation. So from there comes the so-called eco-liberation theology mm -hmm. or uh, ecological liberation theology, which was very, uh, very strong with uh, this former uh, Franciscan friar, Leonardo Boff, Mm -hmm. who wrote part of the uh, Laudato Si encyclical. Yeah. I would add to that list, though, gender uh, liberation, because now we're seeing, like there's a story in the news today, a mom with, of three kids found out the hard way that her 12-year-old was being groomed by teachers, the principals, the, the, the faculty at her daughter's school, and nobody wanted to do it. The school board doesn't even want to do anything about it. It was a, it was a part of an LGBTQ transgendered private secret thing. And this is happening every day all across our, our country here in the United States. But I imagine it's happening around the world. No, absolutely. It, just what I said. I mean, the, the, the central idea is that anything that hinders the free flow of your sentiments, of your desires, of your cravings is oppressive. And you have to liberate yourself from that. Now, homosexuals, they say, are oppressed by, uh, by morals. They are oppressed by, uh, by uh, bourgeois mentality. So they say they need liberation, and therefore they've developed the so-called gay liberation theology. Yeah. So uh, many in the church, as you've already uh, stated, are, have embraced this liberation theology. There's that famous footage of uh, John Paul II on the tarmac. You know, ch you know, chewing out a Jesuit, not in clerics, by the way, chewing out a Jesuit on the tarmac because of his embrace of liberation theology. Where are we at as a church? Father Ernesto Cardenal, he was Minister of Culture of the Sandinista government, and he had declared just weeks before, communism and the kingdom of, of God are one and the same thing. So he actually deserved to be scolded. Yes, he did. <laughs> well, him and his brother, by the way, uh, both, uh, both participated in that. Exactly. Uh, and, but it doesn't seem like anything's changed. 
no, I, I, well, he just died recently. But the thing is, it, it is what's what's the what's the importance of all this? And I, I, I would like to very quickly mention this. This is not a theoretical book. This is not a theoretical like analysis because with this type of reasonings, they actually get Catholics involved in all the revolutionary causes. And this is the this is the important important part. Catholics who, who would normally be mainstream Catholics and would do what every Catholic should should do: that's pray, pray, go to mass, frequent the sacraments, and do good. They change their mentalities through a process uh, called consciousness raising or conscientization, which uh, is part of the liberation theology movement. And through this, they actually manage to uh, um, to uh, involve so many Catholics in the revolutionary causes. And that's what was happening, and is happening even today in the United States, particularly here in Texas, uh, where this movement, this liberation theology movement, is very closely intertwined, very closely uh, um, united with the Saul Alinsky-inspired network of yeah. people's organizations. Because Saul Alinsky, already in, in the 1930s, he said, revolution would not come about in the United States uh, without the church. We have to work with the church. And he already back then began to work with the, the left sectors of Catholic action that's in Chicago, mm -hmm. so-called Chicago experience. And that comes all, all the way up to now. I mean, the Delano Gress Strike, for example, in the 1960s in California, which mm -hmm. uh, spearheaded uh, a whole movement of uh, uh, revolutions, land reform and socialism. Well, that was inspired by liberation theology, uh, Dash Alinsky. Yeah. Well, we're getting down to the wire here. So you've got a series of lectures that you're still doing here in the state of Texas, but you're also going to Washington, D.C. soon. Uh, so uh, what, what are the dates there? Well, to, to, uh, today we will be having the presentation here in, uh, here in, here in Houston, tomorrow in Austin, and then the, the, the next day uh, um, uh, in Dallas or Fort Worth. And then on uh, Washington, D.C. would be on Saturday. And on that, Saturday. And that will be the end of this, of this tour. Of this leg of the tour. So uh, if you want information about that, uh, we would encourage you to contact Mr. Cesar uh, through their Facebook page. If you go to facebook.com forward slash tfp.south, you'll be able to find contact information. But they're also going to post all of the details on the lecture tour if you're at all interested. So if you're in the uh, Washington, D.C. area, I know that's as far up north as we can get. We can't get all the way to New York or Massachusetts, but uh, maybe you can come down. It'd be an excellent opportunity. Go to facebook.com forward slash tfp.south for that information. If you want information about the book, Liberation Theology, How Marxism Infiltrated the Catholic Church, go to store.tfp.org. You'll find it there, store.tfp.org. Mr. Julio Laredo, thank you for being on with us. We'll see you in the after show, but we'll be right back. More is coming up next. Hi, this is Walter Crawford with Homeschool Connections, a proud sponsor of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Please save the date for this year's The Catholic Homeschool Conference. It's virtual, so you can attend from the comfort of your own home or from an in-person watch party in your local community. It's Friday, June 10th and Saturday, June 11th. Our theme this year is empowering you to homeschool joyfully. May God continue to bless your homeschool journey. More information is available at catholichomeschoolconference.com. Men, it's time. Moral relativism is growing and the soul of our nation is at stake. Nowhere is it more manifestly obvious than with the daily ongoing mass murder of abortion. 
As leaders, protectors, and providers, we must go first. In facing reality, taking responsibility, repenting for what we've done and haven't done, and resolving to do more. The opportunity is before us on Saturday, June 11th, the weekend before Father's Day, in Tallahassee, Florida. We'll be gathering at 12 p.m. and embarking on a four-mile march of prayer and sacrifice that will culminate in a 2 p.m. rally at the Florida State Capitol. We welcome all women, children, and families to join us in standing up for the personhood of the preborn at the 2 p.m. rally. We're also hoping Governor Ron DeSantis will join us and assure us that he will lead on life. Join us June 11th in Tallahassee. For more information, go to the Men's March Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. And now, more headlines. Axios reports New Mexico Calf Canyon fire becomes largest in state history. At nearly 300,000 acres as of Monday morning, the Calf Canyon fire in New Mexico is now the largest blaze in state history, surpassing the Whitewater Baldy fire of 2012. The Calf Canyon fire is a result of the combination of two fires, one of which, the Hermit Peak fire, was prescribed as a prescribed burn set for April 6 by the federal government. It escaped containment amid high winds and dry weather and eventually merged with a nearby Calf Canyon blaze. Breitbart News reports Wisconsin middle schoolers sued for sexual harassment for not using preferred pronouns. Three Wisconsin middle schoolers are being sued for sexual harassment by their school district for refusing to use they-them pronouns when referring to another student. According to the Wisconsin Institute of, for Law and Liberty, which is representing the defendants, three eighth-grade boys are being sued under Title IX for using incorrect pronouns in the Keele Area School District. The district's position appears to be that once a student informs others of an alternate preferred pronoun, any subsequent mispronouning automatically constitutes punishable sexual harassment under Title IX. A press release from the Institute stated, explaining that the boys were simply using the biologically correct pronouns. Just the News reports overwhelming majority of Americans want companies to stay away from political advocacy, according to a poll. A new poll shows that over 87% of Americans say they'll boycott a company if it advocates for political agendas, which they disagree. In the new poll from the Trafalgar Group, in conjunction with the Convention of States Action, 51.8% of respondents said that they were very likely to stop using a product or service of a company that openly advocates for a political agenda they oppose. The Epic Times reports, we are on the precipice of a food shortage, according to Goya CEO on looming food crisis. There's two and a half million acres of sunflowers to be planted, he said. Farmers will be planting less and yielding less because of the rising costs of the lack of good yield. It's going to send food prices spiraling. Nitrogen-based fertilizers are made from natural gas, so the war on fossil fuels and energy independence also impacts the cost of fertilizers, Yanawe said. And those are your headline news this morning. God love you. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up today. Joining us right now to talk about a food crisis is Mr. Charles Rankin. He is with uh, Yanasa Ranch and Yanasa TV on YouTube and somebody I've been watching a lot of lately and appreciate your insight. Good morning to you, Mr. Charles Rankin. Morning. How are you? Praise be to God. I'm alive. How are you? Pretty good. That counts, doesn't Staying it? Staying busy. <laughs> Staying yeah. busy. Well, you run a YouTube channel and you run a ranch. I, and family, I'm sure you're a very, very busy guy, and we're grateful for your time today. You know, the, when it comes to uh, things like major food crisis, potential famine, food shortages, the headlines could spin us in a lot of directions. And one of the things I like to do is pay attention to what our farmers and ranchers have to say about these topics 
Um, so, I, and I quoted you extensively just a week or two ago about the all of the fires and apparently airplane crashes into food processing plants around our country. And uh, I refer our audience to your YouTube channel for more information on that. I find it fascinating that there is so much going on today. So maybe let me ask you, do you feel there is a potential critical or major food crisis coming or looming in the world? Do you think famine is on the horizon? What say you, Mr. Charles Rankin? I, I think that right now we have a lot of pressures on the food system, but before any of these pressures existed, our stocks to use ratios were declining. And what that means is that every year when we look at the ending stocks that are held in reserve for food resources, um, our use is uh, slowly been getting ahead of our ability to build that stock. So before any of this ever happened, um, I was running some numbers and looking at it. And, you know, basically in about eight years, we'd be running into a food shortage just based on the stocks to use ratios. So globally, food is, is has been a challenge. It's, it's been one that a lot of people have been trying to figure out. And then on top of that, we had COVID, which uh, disrupted supply chains. Um, and then you've, you've kind of had these cascading events of um, food plants just randomly going up on fire. There's been a lot of um, FDA recalls this year on some pretty big products, meat products, as well as baby food. And so all of these have just kind of combined to create this situation. And then on top of that, now you have the, the war with Ukraine, which... Uh, oh, we just lost your audio. Uh, hopefully we'll get your audio resolved there. Mr. Uh, Charles Rankin is with you. NASA Ranch, NASA TV. You can find them on YouTube, by the way. Are you there? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I, I, my computer seems to be having issues this morning. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully we'll be able to get through a, a, the rest of our conversation. I feel like it's important. And one of the questions in my mind is, why? it seems to me, it's appearances. So is it true or is it not true is one of the questions. But I would ask, why does it? Why are we as a country so dependent upon foreign resources to feed our people? And with the audio, it's out again. Uh, we might have to get Mr. Rankin on the phone just to make sure we can have the conversation. But it does seem to me like we, uh, for instance, we we interviewed uh, one of the the ranchers, uh, I think it was last year, maybe six months or so ago, uh, because we there was an issue of all of the food processing plants seemingly coordinating their level of productivity, which inflated pricing, which made it uh, harder for ranchers, you know, to to make a living, and it made it uh, uh, harder for grocery stores to uh, offer a fair price for a fair product, but inflated the pocketbooks of food processors. And then we discovered at the same time that a lot of the beef is not coming from American ranches; they're coming from overseas. And it seems to me very strange. Going back to something Mr. Rankin said a minute ago about uh, fertilizer and how the Ukraine crisis is causing a major crisis for a lot of people because f uh, fertilizer is affecting uh, the ability to grow products. So one of the concerns is we are we are dependent upon um, fertilizers coming from the, that region, from Russia in particular, and our ability to have a, an adequate food supply to maintain crop, which now, Rudy, you mentioned the Goya story. He's, yes. he's basically saying, the, the founder of Goya is basically saying, uh, we don't have enough food in the ground right now, 
Exactly. To care for the need. Yes, and many farmers are finding themselves in the situation where they, they simply, it costs too much money to, to maintain these crops and the yield is not as high. Uh, to mention uh, Russia one more time, Russia is one of the, the biggest suppliers of fertilizer that's used commercially for farming. And so the, the fact that uh, this war is happening and the effects of all of these sanctions is affecting how much uh, crop is being planted in Europe and in effect is going to starve certain regions of the Middle East because they are dependent on, yeah. on this. Mr. Rankin, are you back with us? I am. I, I swapped computers really fast. Crazy so the guys. That one was <laughs> weakened out. We condemn that one then. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're, we're glad to have you back on the program. So I, I, I wanted to ask the question, why do we, we have about a couple minutes before the break anyway, but why are we as a country so dependent upon foreign resources to feed our people? Um, I think, it, you know, a lot of it is the globalization of everything. Uh, what the way things kind of work is, you know, the money, the food flows where the money flows. Um, one of the things with the U.S. is that we are we we're not a very productive nation. We're we're more of a service oriented nation. So um, a lot of the the production becomes uh, cheaper elsewhere. So our our grains, the way the, the whole system works is. We do produce a lot of grains, but they, they go into this global trade, and then you have uh, South America, uh, Ukraine, and you end up with just kind of this pot of global grains that's traded based on, on where the money flows. Um, it's, it, we've also consolidated the agricultural industry considerably, and so you don't have as much uh, local food processors as you used to have. And people are used to buying their food at grocery stores, which when you go to a grocery store and you follow the, the chain of the brands, they all go back to about six uh, global food conglomerates. So wow. you're not really getting a choice in your food. And it's just a, it's just that global trading system, the way that uh, the industry has consolidated over the years, it's kind of put all of the products into those um, those top six or seven global companies and 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 they're sourcing from wherever it makes the most sense logistically. Does this mean that the, the I want to say mom and pop, but I don't mean that, but like generational farms and ranches, is that a thing of the past? It's, it's becoming a thing of the past. If you look at how regulated the industry has become, um, you know, a perfect example is our meat industry. You, when you have smaller processors working with local farmers, they have to meet the same standards um, as safety standards as some of the, the big processing facilities. But a, a large processing facility passing thousands of animals through there a day, uh, they have a lot of E. coli problems. They have a lot of things they have to check for safety, whereas that smaller processor doesn't have those issues, but they have to invest millions of dollars to be at the same level. And so it's really kind of cut out a lot of the the local processing so farmers could raise all the animals they want to but they still can't get them processed and bring them to market because there's just i mean the 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 entry point for the the local processors is just too high um and it, the same thing goes with with just about everything else um you know when you when you look at uh produce farmers and the the hoops they have to go through to to actually bring something uh commercially to the market that is considered safe, 
And, you know, they're not using the level of pesticides and other things that have to be highly regulated at uh, the federal level. So there's just there's a lot of overregulation that has made it very expensive for small farmers to be able to get their products out there. And as long as that system continues the way that it has, it's going to keep pushing some of these small farmers uh, off to the side. Hold that thought. Mr. Charles Rankin is our guest. Yanasa Ranch and Yanasa TV is their YouTube channel. I encourage you to check them out. We're going to be right back. We have more coming up on this very conversation like the law of subsidiarity. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Walter Crawford with Homeschool Connections, a proud sponsor of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Please save the date for this year's The Catholic Homeschool Conference. It's virtual, so you can attend from the comfort of your own home or from an in-person watch party in your local community. It's Friday, June 10th and Saturday, June 11th. Our theme this year is empowering you to homeschool joyfully. May God continue to bless your homeschool journey. More information is available at catholichomeschoolconference.com. Men, it's time. Moral relativism is growing and the soul of our nation is at stake. Nowhere is it more manifestly obvious than with the daily ongoing mass murder of abortion. As leaders, protectors, and providers, we must go first. In facing reality, taking responsibility, repenting for what we've done and haven't done, and resolving to do more. The opportunity is before us on Saturday, June 11th, the weekend before Father's Day, in Tallahassee, Florida. We'll be gathering at 12 p.m. and embarking on a four-mile march of prayer and sacrifice that will culminate in a 2 p.m. rally at the Florida State Capitol. We welcome all women, children, and families to join us in standing up for the personhood of the preborn at the 2 p.m. rally. We're also hoping Governor Ron DeSantis will join us and assure us that he will lead on life. Join us June 11th in Tallahassee. For more information, go to themensmarch.com. be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. Uh, Amber Carey, hanging out with us on the live chat here, says, fertilizer in our area is three times the normal price. Makes you realize that it is going to have to trickle down to the consumer. Yes, and but there's the, there's the shortage itself, I think, in relation to the fertilizer. Do we have enough crop in the ground to care for the need is one of the questions. But uh, joining us right now is Mr. Charles Rankin from Yanasa TV on YouTube. By the way, you can find their channel. Just go to youtube.com forward slash Yanasa TV. That's Y-A-N-A-S-A TV. And I think that has something to do with Buffalo. Is that true, Mr. Rankin? Yes. Um, Yanasa is Muskokegan for bison. And so we we have uh, my wife has some potential family history and kind of to honor uh, their uh, her ancestors we decided to uh, go with a, a Native American name for our ranch. And Wonderful. We our original plan out here was to raise bison until we figured out the cost of fencing. So now we have cows, <laughs> ducks. Hey, cows are almost as tasty as buffalo. So don't worry about it. It's, it's going to be yeah. fine. It's going to be fine. Uh, praise be to God. We're glad to have you on. So I, I mentioned the, right before we went to break the law of subsidiarity, which as Catholics, as a Catholic, you know, we, we believe we practice the law of subsidiarity in that whatever should happen at the lowest level ought to happen at the lowest possible level. There's no need to conflate, to complicate, to, to, uh, to muddy the water 
with bureaucracy higher up the chain when you can handle stuff simply at the at the lowest possible level. And I think of this from a food perspective in that as my family has begun the process, I hunt and and try to and butcher our own meat. Uh, we buy uh, uh beef from a local rancher uh, where we're hoping to move in that direction with growing our own vegetables. How do you look at this as a guy who runs a ranch and a farm? Uh, do you think people should be doing this or, or what do you say? Well, I, we, we recently did an interview with um, a guy named Wizzy Pan Little Elk, who's uh, the principal assistant secretary for the department of interior Indian affairs. And, um, he he put it perfectly. I think he said that food sovereignty is having agency over your own body, because really, when you're going to the store and you're buying a lot of these things off the shelves, when you check the ingredients on the back, there's a lot of different stuff that they put in their preservatives on food. When you're able to grow it on your own and produce your own food, it's giving you con complete control over what you're putting into your body and consuming. But even on the local scale, when you, if you can't farm, but you can go out and you can support your local farmer, uh, a lot of that, the money right now when you go to the grocery store is going into this globalized system, and, and there's no telling you know, what economy you're supporting, whereas by buying local, by buying from, direct from your farmers, you're supporting your local economy, and farmers do a lot for their local economy. They, they sell animals to other homesteaders, other small farmers. They, they trade amongst each other. Um, they often promote each other's products, and you know it, it, there's a, a very strong community sense in each community. My wife and I travel around as well and and uh, document farms across the country, and everywhere we go, you get a sense of how that community works and how that local economy works. And it's also a form of democracy because if you can only buy food from six or seven corporations. Um, you're not having a vote or a say in where your food comes from. You're not having the opportunity to choose whether or not you want to support a particular producer or supplier. When you buy local, you have that choice. And so there's a lot to keeping things, uh, you know, community-based. And, um, you know, this country was formed off of smaller communities. And, and you know, those communities originally trickled up into a, a larger system now it feels like we're just part of a larger system. <laughs> yes, that's so true. And I, I like the video that you recently posted this week of, um, of documenting uh, a farm. Uh, I believe it was, um, I can't remember what the name of the farm was, but you go out and you document different farms. And, uh, you know, considering regulations is something you mentioned a minute ago. Um, farmers are really regulated and you said that it's it, it's a barrier of entry for people uh, most of the time but we are also seeing a shift in that there's people who are wanting to become homesteaders uh, do you have any advice for somebody who would want to consider something like that it's it's a lot harder than you think <laughs> yeah for sure definitely words of encouragement it, it, uh, <laughs> you know we when we started our farm we Originally, my wife and I both worked in the city. I grew up with a family farm in Vermont, um, and we wanted our kids to have a place where they could grow up. And I would say with homesteading, uh, you really you give your kids an educational experience that they're not going to get anywhere else. Um, the consumer has been so far disconnected with their food, which is kind of a natural thing that we should all be connected to. And so when you see 
you know, those living things and they become a part of your family on a daily basis, mm -hmm. it really, it really changes your perspective. Um, but it, you know, it, it is a difficult thing to start, especially right now with the cost of land as high as it has gotten. But, um, I would say, you know, don't try and go out there and do all of the fancy you know, heritage breeds and stuff. Start with stuff that are, um, easy to, to raise, easy to grow, uh, look for the hardiest animals to put on your homestead. And, you know, I think anybody who starts a homestead could transition into creating products that they can take to their local um, farmer's market and create a side income. Uh, right. But it will take you a while to get that to that point to, to have a system that works for you. I, I still go back to a question I asked a minute ago, and I, is it possible... Um, with all of the challenges, you mentioned the price of land going up. I mean, in it, where I'm from, in the state of Texas, land is at a premium, and it has been since 2020, and it's just gone out of control. I mean, housing market here is out of control, as it is across the country. And I wonder, as I see more and more families, especially, uh, you know, sort of the younger families that ha are growing kids, and they, they want to get away from the rat race, the hustle and bustle of city life, and they want that quieter, simpler return to traditional family values, uh, is it even going to be possible? I mean, we think about uh, how hard it is to pass an inheritance down from one generation to the next. The taxes alone can be a barrier to entry, let alone everything else. So w would your advice be today to, to try this to a family like that? Or do you feel like it might be just financially or, or, or other challenges might be just too much? I would definitely try it. If you look at the cost of food, uh, you can... If you had just five acres, you could grow enough food to supply your family. So uh, when you're spending over $1,000 a month on grocery bills, I mean, that could offset the costs of investing in some property on your, on your monthly payments if you can get to that point fairly quickly. But um, the reality is, is that food prices aren't going to go down anytime soon. And there are, um, there are natural cycles in our climate that are making food production a lot more difficult. And that's kind of why I said, you know, earlier on that I had noticed food shortages coming before we had these problems. So if you're, if you put yourself in a, in a position to where you can care for yourself and your family, it's absolutely worth the investment. And there might be opportunities out there to even lease a five acre uh, plot of land with a house on it. Um, there are a lot of properties out where we are that are for rent and people will rent them and you can put raised beds in and do everything that you would do if you're living in a city paying rent on an apartment. It's, you know, it, there's no difference other than you're getting anything you can grow right now is like printing money for yourself. So it's, yeah. you, you create a secondary income just by growing food instead of paying for it. So, um, but it is like, like you said, it's getting more and more challenging as time goes by and the taxes are another big thing. You know, farmers don't make an exorbitant amount of money, but their farms have been in their families for generations. Just our farm, since we purchased it, with the way that development works, has gone astronomically up in value. If a lot of these farmers are getting taxed when the farms get handled, handed down, they have millions of dollars worth of equipment that has been paid off through financing over the years, probably won't last that much longer. And, um, you know, then they have to go and pay a tax on that inheritance. And most of these farmers are going to have to sell just to pay their tax. And so that's been kind of uh, another big deal that 
farmers are a challenge that farmers are facing right now are the the taxes that are being put on these things. And like where we live, they rezoned everything. We're out in the country to residential 15 because they, they didn't want a hog farm going in on one part of the county. So they just rezoned the whole county. Wow. It took our land value from about 3,000 an acre, you know, way up about 300%. Just because of the zoning change, now you can de- develop the land and you have to pay taxes on that. It's, you know, that's tripling your, your property taxes just because of a, a bad choice in legislation. You know, we're down to a couple minutes now, but uh, let me go back to that uh, video that you put out about the, the food processing plants. I mean, how do you, I know you, you did such a great job bringing all the details together. And again, I quoted it extensively and linked to it when, when I talked about it. How does one not see all of this and find a connection and find uh, and and really think that there could be? I feel like I need my 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 tinfoil hat on. I mean, there is there is there a, an agenda behind all of this driving the world around us and our communities in a certain direction? What say you? Uh, you know, whether it's a a government agenda or whether it's you know a country sabotaging our country. I don't know. There's also a large movement within big tech to create food, 3D printed food. We've seen a lot of you know, the vegan meats come out over the last few years. And there's actually a mindset with within that elite community that, you know, in about five years from now, because this is how fast technology develops, we won't need farms. We won't need farmers because we're just going to create everything and it's going to be tasty and good and we can input whatever nutritional content we want in it. And that, I think, goes back to, I mean, it's a scary thought if you think about it because anything can go into that food and that's... not good. And you're not having a choice in it. Yeah, not good. Well, we are out of time. Charles Rankin, Yanasa TV, Yanasa Ranch. Go to their webs, their uh, YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Yanasa TV. God bless you. God love you. Thank you for your time today. We appreciate your insight. Thank you. All right, have a great day. That's going to do it for this hour. We still have a lot more to come in the next hour. For those of you that are able to join us, we have a good news coming, Saint of the Day, Gospel Day, plus our game show, Fear and Trembling with Prizes Involved. You could win. Plus, we're going to follow up again with Mr. Julio Laredo in our after show for a bonus conversation. Join us if you can. Go to our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. God bless you. God love you. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's Facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. It's time. Moral relativism is growing and the soul of our nation is at stake. Nowhere is it more manifestly obvious than with the daily ongoing mass murder of abortion. As leaders, protectors, and providers, we must go first. In facing reality, taking responsibility, repenting for what we've done and haven't done, and resolving to do more. 
The opportunity is before us on Saturday, June 11th, the weekend before Father's Day, in Tallahassee, Florida. We'll be gathering at 12 p.m. and embarking on a four-mile march of prayer and sacrifice that will culminate in a 2 p.m. rally at the Florida State Capitol. We welcome all women, children, and families to join us in standing up for the personhood of the preborn at the 2 p.m. rally. We're also hoping Governor Ron DeSantis will join us and assure us that he will lead on life. Join us June 11th in Tallahassee. For more information, go to the Men's Mar- from the University of Dallas and as seen on EWTN. What can I do that is the definite service that God wants me to give to the world? Think of the, the challenges that we have coming from our culture. We really need the virtue of courage. Are you ready to put yourself into the hazard? Are you ready to say yes to the call? Are you ready to be a witness to love? The Quest. All episodes streaming now at quest.udallas.edu. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Hi there, Chris Thornhill here from St. Rose of Lima, and you're listening to AM 1430 KSHJ Houston, part of the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. Tuesday, May the 17th, we just wrapped up a great conversation with Yanasa Ranch and Mr. Charles Rankin about the food crisis. It's been in the news a lot. And I feel like to some degree there's a lot of embellishment going on about uh, sort of exaggerating the, the crisis of it. But yet at the same time, there are very serious concerns about the food supply and who will be impacted most about it. So that's why we, we want to talk to ranchers and farmers. What are they saying about this? And we had a great conversation. If you somehow missed that, let me tell you, you can always catch the podcast version of our show. You can do it on our website at grnonline.com. You can also go to uh, iTunes. You can do it on Google Play, on Spotify. Make sure to leave us a review on iTunes. It's a great way to help us reach a whole new audience is by leaving a five-star review. Praise be to God to everybody who has done that. But another fantastic method of staying in tune with the show, listening to podcasts, is just to download the Guadalupe Radio Network mobile app. You can listen to the local live GRN station. You can find your local GRN uh, you know, manager's uh, contact information. You can find programming information. And you can also listen to Catholic Drive Time's podcast right through 
the mobile app. Go to your app store, download the Guadalupe Radio Network mobile app today, get it installed, it's free, and it's going to work great for you. Praise be to God. But uh, we have a great hour ahead of us. In fact, we have bonus content because we also spoke with Mr. Julio Laredo last hour about his book, on liberation theology and we're going to continue that conversation in our after show which is the second half of this hour so be sure to stay with us for that praise be to god good morning to you rudy carlos good morning joe and i'd like to take this opportunity to mm-hmm. announce mm-hmm. i will be leaving catholic drive time okay and i yep. shall be homesteading in homestead. north carolina with uh, with my family you can afford to homestead in north carolina uh, no, I can't afford it at all. Do you need ranch hands? Because I will come work for you. I hope my tomatoes grow fast because I'm going to be hungry. I can't imagine what the cost would be. So, like, I, yeah. in, in the state of Texas. It's wild, huh? In the state of Texas, to have a like a 100-acre farm ranch, you need at least a million dollars of capital. I would not, uh, depending on, I, well, I would say I would not try and homestead in Houston <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the weather is too severe. The growing window is too what short. Do you mean? It's perfect and, weather. Uh, <laughs> so I'd probably take my, my homestead somewhere else. All right. Well, speaking of hot, <laughs> uh, Adrian Fonsec is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Hot as in sweaty? I don't know. I don't uh, know what we're talking about here. Uh, I, I'm confused. With the new uh, lower thirds on our live video I'm feed today, I've been told that hot is an issue. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I am very comfortable. I am uh, leaving right now, actually. you can, uh, uh, If you're watching online, you see I'm actually going The to hot Joe McClain, apparently. Yes, I, I misspelled the word host. It's I left out the S. It happens. Mea culpa. Mea culpa. I don't know. Mea maxima Could be appropriate. Culpa. Could be appropriate. No, we all know. We all know. <laughs> Either way, praise be to God. It's good to have you on the show today. Yes, praise be to God. It's good to be here. I'm very excited. It's a good day to be alive. And I'm excited because I will be going to the uh, talk that Mr. Julio is giving tonight. So if you're going to be there, let me know. Uh, hit me up. I will be happy to come say hi. And I'm excited to hear his talk. It's very exciting. Wow, Rudy, you mentioned you're leaving, and Brooks is already sending in his resume. <laughs> he's like, whoa, keep that seat warm for me. <laughs> he's not leaving. He's just joking. I'm joking, although right. I would like to. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> All right, we have a great hour. As I said, we have our game show coming up at 15 past the hour. Be sure to be ready to make a phone call, to be our contestant, to play our game. It's a lot of fun, and prizes are at stake, and we encourage you to do that. I'll give you the number, or you can get the phone number off of our website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt. But uh, we'll also have our after show with Mr. Julio Laredo. Let's pray, let's dive in, let's get started. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known, that anyone who fled to thy protection implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now your good news with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. And here's another good news story to share with you. Epic Times reports Catholic publisher in Hong Kong imprisoned by Chinese communists awarded with honorary degree. Just imagine that, being a Catholic publisher in China. Uh, communist China, that is. An American Catholic university has honored a human rights activist currently imprisoned by the Chinese government. This weekend, the Catholic University of America awarded an honorary degree to media mogul Jimmy Lai. His son, Sebastian Lai, accepted the award on his father's behalf. 
On May 12th, Sebastian Lai told EWTN's Raymond Arroyo on the World Over show that it really means a lot to have the support of all these great people. He says, I'm sure he'll be very happy to receive this award, and I'm sure knowing that all these people are praying for him and knowing that all of these people have the same thoughts towards freedom and freedom of religion, freedom of expression, will make him incredibly happy, Sebastian Lai said. Hong Kong used to be this island off the coast of China that had its own legal system and freedoms, and it just seems that these ideals keep getting degraded every single news cycle. 74-year-old Jimmy Lai, a prominent Catholic human rights activist, was arrested many times, most recently in December 2021. Lai was arrested after police characterized his participation in a pro-democracy protest as an act of defiance and protest against the police. He was charged with unlawful assembly after attending an annual vigil at Beijing's Tiananmen Square, commemorating the 1989 massacre of protesters there. The activist was sentenced to 13 months in jail. In December 2020, he was arrested in Hong Kong. The Chinese Communist regime accused him of fraud relating to the illicit use of his company's property. This was his second arrest for the year. Earlier, the authorities alleged that he had violated uh, sections of the newly passed national security law. He was released on bail shortly after his first arrest, but was denied bail on new fraud charges. The CUA honors occurred shortly after Lai's close friend, Cardinal Zen, was arrested by Hong Kong National Security Forces. Cardinal Zen, the Bishop Emeritus of Hong Kong, was taken into custody by Hong Kong police on May 11th. He was released on bail some hours later. And that's really good news. God love you. The Saints of the Day, yes, you heard that right, Saints of the Day, is Saint Pascal Ballon and Blessed Antonia Messina. St. Pascal Boulogne was a Franciscan lay brother and mystic. He was born to a peasant family at Toro Hermosa in Aragon. On Whit Sunday, he was christened Pascua in honor of the feast. According to accounts of his early life, Pascal labored as a shepherd for his father, performed miracles, and was distinguished for his austerity. He also taught himself to read. He also received a vision which told him to enter a nearby Franciscan community. So he became a Franciscan lay brother of the Alcantrine Reform in 1564, and he spent most of his life as a humble doorkeeper. He practiced rigorous asceticism and displayed a deep love for the Blessed Sacrament, so much so that while on a mission to France, he defended the doctrine of the real presence against a Calvinist preacher and in the face of threats from other irate Calvinists. Pascal died at a friary in Valerial, and he was canonized in 1690. In 1897, Pope Leo XIII declared him patron of all Eucharistic confraternities and congresses. Blessed Antonia Messina was born on the 21st of June 1919 as the second of ten children born to a poor policeman. Once she completed her initial education, which spanned a brief period of time, she took over housekeeping at a home in order to assist her bedridden mother, who suffered from a heart condition. She took care of the household, including the care of her siblings, as well as cooking, cleaning, and washing. Messina joined Catholic Action Movement in 1929 and became a noted recruiter, saying that the movement helps one to be good. Messina set off for Mass one morning with a friend, and after that, they went to gather firewood in the mid-1935 when Ignacio Catigo attacked her and tried to rape her. Her friend screamed and ran off to find help. Messina managed to escape twice, but on the third attempt was knocked down. Messina defended herself and was murdered because she resisted his advances and was struck with a rock 74 times. Her remains were examined and after her death it was found that she had not been violated during or after the violent attack.
The last blow on the face uh, disfigured her, and, and Contigo was soon apprehended on the 27th of April, 1937. He was sentenced to death by firing squad and executed on the following 5th of August. St. Pascal Bellon and Blessed Antonia Messina pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from John chapter 14 verses 27 through 31. Jesus said to his disciples, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give it to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled or afraid. You heard me tell you, I am going away and I will come back to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice that I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you this before it happens, so that when it happens, you may believe. I will no longer speak much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming. He has no power over me, but the world must know that I love the Father, and that I do just as the Father has commanded me. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Saint Athanasius, Saint Athanasius Contramundi, you should read that, praise be to God. But Saint Athanasius takes notice here, he says, quote, that though the Father is said to be greater, yet he is not said to be better, nor more excellent than the Son. Because they are one and the same in substance, nature, and other perfections. Close quote, St. Athanasius, pray for us. Adrian, what did you find? Yes, Cornelius Alapide, he had a lot to say about this passage, but I will leave out this stuff on the Trinity since I think Joe covered that enough. And here he talks about the peace of God which surpasseth all senses. Keep your heart and understanding in Christ Jesus, as what is being quoted from uh, the letter to the Philippians. Cornelius Lapid says, now this peace includes one, friendship with God, two, tranquility of mind and calm in temptations and persecutions, and three, mutual concord amongst ourselves. This makes men strong in every danger and gives consolation in every trouble. This the Lord bequeatheth to us, not riches nor temporal possessions. Far above all the wealth of this world, peace stands preeminent now let me go back over that one this peace of god god gives a peace which surpasseth all understanding is friendship with god tranquility of mind so a a calmness and three a mutual concord so a community aspect of it this goes on cornelius lapide quoting saint augustine says we cannot arrive at the lord's inheritance who wished us to observe his testament of peace we cannot have concord with christ if we quarrel with our fellow christians Peace is serenity of mind, simplicity of heart, the bond of love, and the concord of charity. This is important to note because we should not fight with our fellow Christians. If we need to defend ourselves, that is one thing, whether it be verbal attacks or physical attacks, but let us not uh, stoke fires against our brethren. If we need to defend ourselves, that is one thing, but starting fights with our, brother, with our brothers who are Christians is not what we should be doing. Cornelius Lapide later on in the same commentary says, The meaning then is, ye must rejoice, O ye apostles, at my departure, because I go to the Father and ascend into heaven to greater honor and dignity, that I may obtain from the Father for myself and for you the rewards of my passion even a seat at the Father's right hand in the empire of the universe, the adoration of all the angels, and the conversion of all nations to my faith and worship. And for you, 
the Holy Ghost and all his gifts, armed with which ye shall conquer the whole world for me and for yourselves, and bring it with you to celestial glory. For those things which are far greater than what we that ye have as yet seen and received, I will ask and obtain when I go to the Father. So these are the things that I think you should meditate on today, is the idea of peace. What is that peace that our Lord desires to give us? It is not some worldly peace, but a peace that surpasses all understanding. And the second thing to remember today is that armed with the Holy Ghost, with the gifts that our Lord desires to give us, vis-a-vis the Holy Ghost, that we can conquer the world. And what do we mean by conquer the world? The conversions of all nations to the faith. So we can usher in, help usher in the reign of Mary and be true children of Mary, crushing the infernal serpent. So let's meditate upon that today. All right, talking about ushering things in, let's usher in the game show, Fear and Trembling, Praise Be to God. That is happening next with an opportunity for you, my dear listener, to win prizes. All you have to do is make a phone call. Pick up the phone right now and dial 877-757-9424. That phone line is 877-757-9424. Call right now. You get to be a guest, a potential winner of the game show by making a phone call at 877-757-9424. Rudy Carlos standing by to take your call. We're going to go to break. We'll be back. Fear and Tribbling is up next. Don't go anywhere. Are there any basic rules for doing apologetics? 1 Peter 3.15 says, Always be prepared to make a defense. Always be prepared, Scripture tells us. How can we always be prepared to make a defense of our faith? Rule number one, pray. Pray to the Holy Spirit that He give you the courage to share your faith and the wisdom to choose your words carefully and profitably. Rule number two, you don't have to know everything right now. Learn a little bit more about your faith each and every day. Read Scripture. Read the Catechism. Listen to Apologetics tapes. Listen to Catholic Radio. Learn a little bit at a time. Rule number three, Luke 5, verse 10. Do not be afraid. Henceforth, you will be catching men. Jesus said this to Peter, but he's also saying it to us. Will you make mistakes and get into tight spots when you start sharing your faith with others? Yes, of course you will. But Peter made mistakes, and he got into tight spots. Yet Jesus told Peter not to be afraid. Why? Because if we are sincere in our desire to share the truth with others, to share Jesus Christ with others, then Jesus will find a way to make good come from even our mistakes. Rule number four, always view a question about your faith or even an attack on your faith as an opportunity, an opportunity to share the truth. Rule number five, don't get frustrated. Catholics often get frustrated by what I call the doctrinal dance. You get asked about purgatory, Mary, the Pope, the sacraments, all in rapid fire succession. Before you can answer one question, you're asked another, then another. Just keep bringing the discussion back to one topic until you've said all you want to say, then move on. Rule number six, never be afraid to say, I don't know when asked a question about your faith. Don't try to wing it. However, always follow I don't know with, but I will find out and get back to you and make sure you do. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Welcome to another round of Fear 
and trembling. <laughs> the Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now, your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling. The Catholic Trivia Game Show, where we have secrets and agendas. So please do me a favor and tell nobody what I'm about to share with you. All right? That's the deal. But there are a few things we like to do during the game show. Number one, we like to teach the faith. So we have teachable moments in the questions where you might learn something you did not know before about the Catholic faith. Praise be to God. It's always a good thing. Number two, we like to have a laugh. And our callers are the best. They laugh with us, and we enjoy that most. And then, of course, we give out prizes, which makes this a winner for everyone involved. But here's the deal. If you're new here, let me explain some things. Number one, uh, we have three Catholic trivia questions on the board here. But number two, I do not ask the caller these questions. So they don't even need to know the answers. They could not know a single correct answer and still win the game. And that's because, number three, I don't ask them. I ask Rudy and I ask Adrian, one of which will be correct. The other will be incorrect. The caller will then have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Whomst do they trust more, Rudy or Adrian? And then every correct answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Rudy, what could they win? Praise be to God, May is the month of Mary, and so to continue spreading the word of the greatest spiritual weapon we have, we're giving away another beautiful rosary. Now, if you're watching us on a live stream, you can see it's in my hand. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, this one was made by Rugged Rosaries, wow. and it was donated by a generous CDT listener. But if you're not watching, it's a beautiful serpentine color. It's got a very nice crucifix with a St. Benedict medal on it. Nice. And the decade... Uh, uh, what are they called? Beads are actual roses. Very beautiful rosary. And the winner this week will receive this Our Lady of Guadalupe rosary so they can pray the rosary every single day. Thank you for our generous benefactor who donated this rosary. And if you'd like to be a benefactor also, shoot us an email and let us know. You can email me at Rudy, R-U-D-Y, at grnonline.com. Praise be to God. That's uh, a beautiful gift to give away this week. You know, it's just reminded that uh, I bought this rosary at St. John Lateran in Rome Mm -hmm. many years ago. It was beautiful Italian fiery red glass. You touch it and you'd feel the coolness of the bead. And it was just a tactile experience that didn't (laughs) even last the plane trip home to Texas. Not going to be the case with a rugged rosary. No, this is very well made. You're going to love it. In the end, the apocalypse in the final judgment, there will be cockroaches, crown victorias, and the rugged rosaries. Artifacts of the past. They will still be there. All right, let's play our game. Praise be to God. Let's go to the phones. Gary, good morning to you. Good morning. Hey, where are you, where are you from, Gary? Uh, San Antonio, Texas. The great and amazing San Antonio, Texas, which, by the way, is not amazing simply because I graduated high school there. It has other reasons. Is this our first San Antonio caller? For being... Amazing. Gary, what, what church do you go to? We go to Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. So uh, you must be a Judson Rockets fan, I imagine? Yes. Praise be to God. He's like, who are they? You may get, <laughs> you, we may have to put you in the cup just for admitting that all by itself. But all right, Gary, praise God. Are you familiar with our game? Do you know how this, uh, this game works, sir? Yes, but first-time caller. For, well, we're glad you're on board with us. We're so glad to have you here. Uh, first-time caller, which means... 
Uh, you're going to get an extra uh, little alleluia in the after show, I think, Adrian. Oh, yeah. We totally. got that queued up. All right, praise God. All right, we're going to play our game. Uh, are you ready, sir? You ready to do this? Yes. We will start with Rudy, as is our custom, our tradition, our patrimony here on the show. And I did get that approved through the Vatican, so oh, no great. worries. We're great. allowed to keep it. Canonically tradition. regular? Yes. Are you sure? Okay. Well, hmm, let's not go there, but I mean, we're allowed I to do it. I don't personally care. We're allowed to do it. Yeah. All right. Rudy, are you ready? I'm ready. Are you sure? I'm wearing a tie today. I noticed. It has nothing to do with our apostolic visitation later. <sighs> but the tie isn't green, so take that for what you will. Rudy, uh, can you tell me, what is the term for a Catholic who, after having been baptized, totally rejects his or her faith? Super tragic. These people are known as apostates. Apostates, yes. you say? Yes. Okay. okay. Pray for them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Let's see what Adrian has to say, though. Uh, Adrian, good morning to you. Yeah, that's my name. Praise be to God. Yeah. Um, can you tell me... Maybe. What is the term mm-hmm. for a Catholic who, yes. having been baptized, totally rejects his right. or her faith? Yes, a Catholic who, having been baptized, totally rejects his or her faith. Yeah. Yes, I remember, I think Pope Francis talked about this recently. He Did said he? that... Those people who totally reject the faith yeah. are members of the communion of saints. So I'm going to say a member of the communion of saints. Did he say that? I think so. Can you remember that? Communion of saints? Mm-hmm. That's your answer? Yep. Huh. Well, Gary, uh, you got choices. Is it, as Adrian says, the communion of the saints? Or is it, as uh, Rudy says, apostates? 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Gary in San Antonio, what say you? I think we'll go with Rudy on this one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> golly, you is, of course. Yes, of course. I'm glad. I was thinking you were going to say synodalidness is what I thought you were going to say. Synodalidness. Yeah. That, that is a technical term. It's a technically te- made up right now. Te- totally totally syndalic, man. <laughs> You're right. It is apostates. And uh, let's pray for those apostates that they may become part of the communion of saints someday. That would be wonderful. That would be amazing. All right, let's go to number two. You're in the cup. We're going to double your chances this next one pretty sure we can get this done adrian that's me we'll start with you awesome question who wears a wimple and how who wears a wimple and how hmm answer a nun and they wear the wimple around their head interesting Mm -hmm. interesting theory okay Let's see what Rudy says. Rudy, can you tell me who wears a wimple and how? Okay, so a wimple is the white thing that covers the side of the nun's face. But actually, that's a Hollywood fabrication. Only medieval women wore those. And uh, Hollywood appropriated that and made it a a, a sort of a vestment for nuns. Are you sure? Yes. My mind is blown. The answer is no one? No one. Well, medieval women did. Do you remember the flying nun? Yep. You, you, it was a Hollywood Did you ever see the flying nun? She could not fly under her own Interesting. power. Interesting. Yep. Okay. I guess that led to Smokey and the Bandit, too. <laughs> At any rate, Gary, you got choices. Is uh, the Wemple, uh, and uh, is that, as uh, Rudy says, a Hollywood fabrication that only medieval women wore? Or is it, as Adrian says, they are worn by nuns around their head? 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Gary, what say you? Yeah, I've never worn one. I'll go with uh, Adrian. <laughs> <laughs> well, would you like to wear one? I mean, uh, suppose we could arrange this on the show. Don't let you 
<laughs> yeah, maybe not wear a wimple. That'd be very odd. Um, it would uh, probably not be appropriate for one, a man no, to wear a wimple, and two, totally for a layperson to wear a wimple. It's these days, Gary. So. You could get away with it, no problem. You should show up to work with a wimple tomorrow and just see what happens. Yikes. I bet you'll find lots of support. Praise Don't God. do it, but if for some reason you are overcome with insanity and decide to do it, please record it. And yeah, send it to us. <laughs> Congratulations. You are in the cup for two. Praise be to God. All right. Uh, Gary, I'm going to be honest with you. I felt like we've known each other for a long time now. Good friends. That I can be straightforward. This next question is the hardest of all three questions. It's easily the hardest question we've ever had. It's hardly the easiest. Mm-hmm. Certainly. Was that clear, Gary? Are you ready? <laughs> ready. Let's do this. I like that vote of confidence. It's good. All right, back, confidence. back to Rudy. Rudy, you are uh, you have advanced degrees in history, I understand. Yes, I do. Honorary degrees. Honorary degrees. Mm. Yes. Honorary from who? Yeah. <laughs> I should just check out the CV here. All right, can you tell me who was the last... Of the anti-popes. I'm going to scandalize you. You are? Yeah. It was Pope John the 23rd. <laughs> what? What? Yeah. The open the windows guy at Vatican yeah. II? Yeah. He was I an anti-pope? Say it. You're saying say he was it. an anti-pope? Calls into, yeah, it Ron calls Colley. into the canonization. Wasn't his name Ron Colley? I don't know. I don't know. I didn't learn that in my degree. Shoot, he looked like a hobbit? <laughs> or no, he looked like a dwarf from Lord of the Rings. He was shorter, whiter. No? I, I don't recall. I don't That's recall. See, I only read picture books, okay. so I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Speaking of which, Adrian, can you tell me, who was the last of the anti-popes? What was, what was Rudy's answer? The John the 23rd. John the 23rd. Okay. Well, if Rudy's saying John the 23rd, I, that, that can't be right. That doesn't make any sense. Okay. So I'm going to go with uh, a more obvious answer. And really? Say it was Pope Honorius, wasn't it? He's one that was, like, dug up, thrown into the river. You know, <laughs> it happens. Happens to the best of us. So he was probably an anti-pope, right? Okay. I'd, I'd imagine. Oh, okay. Uh, Gary, this question has gotten a lot trickier than I expected it to, and I already thought it was very tricky. But uh, here's the deal. Which, of the la- which was the last anti-pope? Adrian says it was Pope Honorarius. Honorius. 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 And Rudy says it was Pope John the 23rd. There's a layer of trickiness on top of that, but let's just see. 15 seconds on the clock. Who was right? Who was wrong? Gary, what say you? Uh, I'm going to guess Rudy. What a wise guy. <laughs> now, Rudy is right, but at the same time, the, the, <laughs> I'm not talking about Ron the waters got <laughs> very muddy because it wasn't John the 23rd from Vatican II. 1410. It was from way back in the 15th century. But you are right nonetheless. You're in for three. Perfect score. Congratulations, Gary. Thank you. Praise be to God, Gary. You might win a rugged rosary. You'll have to tune in Friday to see, but uh, thanks for playing the game, and uh, congratulations for not swinging at any of the curveballs we tried to hurl at you. And uh, good job ducking. Praise God. Have a great day, Gary. We're going to put you on hold. Thank you. you that too. is going to do it for the radio side of our show. If you would like to continue our conversation about liberation theology with Mr. Julio Laredo, that's coming up next on our live video feeds. Go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive.
Drive Time. Again, that's Facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Welcome to the Holy Mass at Our Lady of Corpus Christi Chapel. Today we celebrate Tuesday, the fifth week of Easter. The intention for today's Mass is for all of our online viewers and for those joining us through Guadalupe Radio. All creatures of our God and King, lift up your voice and with us sing. Alleluia, Alleluia. The burning sun with golden beam, the silver moon with softer gleam. Oh, praise Him. Oh, praise Him. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. With your spirit. My brothers and sisters, let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty, Almighty God, God and to you, to you my, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask the Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and to you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. O God, who restore us to eternal life in the resurrection of Christ, grant your people constancy and faith and hope that we may never doubt the promises of which we have learned from you. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. In those days, some Jews from Antioch and Iconium arrived and won over the crowds. They stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing that he was dead. But when the disciples gathered around him, he got up and entered the city. On the following day, he left with Barnabas for Derby. After they had proclaimed the good news to that city, 
and made a considerable number of disciples, they returned to Lystra into Iconium and to Antioch. They strengthened the spirits of the disciples and exhorted them to persevere in the faith, saying, It is necessary for us to undergo many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. They appointed presbyters for them in each church, and with prayer and fasting commended them to the Lord, in whom they had put their faith. Then they traveled through Pisidia and reached Pamphylia. After proclaiming the word at Perga, they went down to Atalia. From there they sailed to Antioch, where they had been commended to the grace of God for the work they had now accomplished. And when they arrived, they called the church together and reported what God had done with them and how he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. Then they spent no little time with the disciples. The word of the Lord. Your friends make known, O Lord, the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your friends make known, O Lord, the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Let all your works give you thanks, O Lord, and let your faithful ones bless you. Let them discourse of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might. Your friends make known, O Lord, the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Making known to men your might and the glorious splendor of your kingdom, your kingdom is a kingdom for all ages, and your dominion endures through all generations. Your friends make known, O Lord, the glorious splendor of your kingdom. May my mouth speak the praise of the Lord, and may all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. Your friends make known, O Lord, the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Alleluia, Alleluia. Alleluia, 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 Alleluia. Christ had to suffer and to rise from the dead, and so enter into his glory. Alleluia. Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give it to you. Do not be, let your hearts be troubled or afraid. You heard me tell you, I am going away and I will come back to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice that I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you this before it happens, so that when it happens you may believe. I will no longer speak much with you, for the ruler of the world is coming. He has no power over me, but the world must know that I love the Father, and that I do just as the Father has commanded me. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. This Gospel, I think, always touches us deeply because Jesus gives us a very important gift the gift of his peace. 
It's interesting, St. John the, uh, writes that the first words that Jesus gives, or the first thing that Jesus gives in his resurrection is peace, and he has to give it twice, probably because he recognizes that we e so easily lose our peace. But the peace that Jesus gives is not as the world gives, as he says. The world gives peace by, well, usually it's an absence of conflict, uh, peace treaties, even in the time of St. Paul and the Acts of the Apostles, in the time of Jesus, the Romans had the Pax Romana, which was uh, sort of a peace accord throughout the entire world. Um, but we know since the time of the Romans, there's been how many world wars and how many conflicts and so on and so forth. So it never seems to solve the problem. Because peace is something much, much deeper than just the absence of conflict. Isn't it true that maybe we could, we're exteriorly at peace with somebody, but interiorly, you know, there's still hatred or there's still uh, uh, resentment or so on and so forth. So it's not really that, there's not true peace, it's simply just exterior. That's the peace that the world can give. It's always so temporary. But the peace that Christ gives is much deeper and often we experience it uh, interiorly because peace has to touch every aspect of our, of our being. Peace in our minds, peace in our hearts, peace in our souls and peace in our bodies. You know, to have peace of mind you, you, most commercials today, when they speak of peace of mind, are talking about some kind of security. You know, if you have this cyber security, then you'll have peace of mind, knowing that you know you're not being you're, your information is not going to be taken. You know, gives you peace of mind, that kind of security. But the peace that, of the mind uh, that Christ gives us is, of course, the truth that we know the truth that we can come to know the truth and to know the truth is really to know Jesus because He is the truth. Peace in our minds because. Uh, when we know the truth, then it's the correct order of things. That's what ultimate peace is, is the correct order of things. Our minds set on the highest goal, our minds set on the right things, and we can come to know that and to live it more perfectly. So peace in our minds, and we need that. How often our minds are in so many different places, they're all over the place, all over the world, you know? We're thinking about this and this, we're trying to make sure we can uh, juggle that. Our minds are just never seem to be quite at peace. But with Christ and the, the gift that he gives us, it sets our minds at rest. Not that we're not thinking of anything, but we're thinking of the right things. I think the other way that, uh, that peace comes to us, of course, is peace in our hearts. Peace in the very depths of the, in our desires. You know, so that we desire what is good and what is right. We need that peace there. We need peace in our bodies. That's probably what we mostly focus on. I mean, how many, how many people do different things like yoga or all these kind of techniques in order for us to find a kind of peace in our body? Those are simply means. They're really means to an end. The end is communion with God, a communion with Christ. But Christ gives us even peace in our bodies. Uh, and that's just not relaxation. It really is it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a sense that um, we, we don't have so much anxiety in this world because we know that Christ is with us. Look at St. Paul in that first reading. How on earth does he nearly get stoned to death? His disciples come around him. He gets up and he goes back into the city. I'd be running 180 degrees the other direction. I would not be going back to that city. But St. Paul, because he has this, the love and the peace of Christ within him, in a way has, has no fear, has no worries. I mean, he had the anxiety of trying to make disciples. But he always knew that it was Christ who, who would give the growth. So that gives us peace even in our bodies, a sense of a, a less, a less anxiety in our life and how much are we striving to have less anxiety in our life.
So peace in our, in our minds, peace in our hearts, peace in our bodies, but finally peace in our souls. As I mentioned, peace is that right ordering of things, and we experience that peace most deeply in, our, in the forgiveness of our sins. The forgiveness of our sins brings us great peace in our souls, that we are right with God. We, we need this peace so deeply in our life and in the world today. Let's ask the Lord in a special way to grant us his peace. Maybe find one final remark. Jesus says, blessed are those who are, who, blessed are the peacemakers, for they should be called children of God. As disciples of Jesus, I think any time we enter into a place, into a house, as Jesus says, he told his disciples, he sent them out, offer your peace to that house. If it is a peaceful person, your peace will remain. If it is not, it will come back to you, and you shake the dust from your feet and go and keep, and keep moving. It's like St. Paul, what he does in that first reading. So we offer peace to every place that we go to, the peace of Christ, so that his peace may reign. May peace be on our hearts and our minds, our souls, and in our bodies, the peace that only Christ can give. Amen. Jesus Christ is risen from the dead, and so we can approach the Father with great confidence as we bring our petitions before him. Let us pray for our Holy Father, Pope Francis, for all the needs of the Church, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For peace throughout the world, the peace that Christ gives in his resurrection, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Mindful of those who are sick and who are suffering in any way, May they unite their sufferings to Christ, and may they experience peace and consolation in their hearts and souls, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for all those who have died. May they rest in peace, eternally in communion with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Let's pray for all the intentions we hold in the silence of our hearts, praying for those who join us online and through Guadalupe Radio and all those who are enrolled in our Salt Mass Association, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, you know the many needs we have in this life. We bring all of our prayers and petitions before you, confident that you hear and answer us through Christ our Lord. Amen. Praise to the Lord, the Almighty, the King of creation. O my soul, praise him, for he is thy health and salvation. Join a great throng, psaltery organ and song, sounding in glad adoration. Praise to the Lord, who o'er all things so wondrously reigneth, who as on wings of an eagle uplifted sustaineth. Hast thou not seen all that is needful hath been? Granted in what he ordaineth.
pray, dearly beloved, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands. Praise and glory of his name for our good and good of all his holy church. Receive, O Lord, we pray, these offerings of your exultant church. And as you have given her, great cause, have given her cause for such great gladness, grant also that the gifts we bring may bear witness in perpetual happiness through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, at all times to acclaim you, O Lord. But in this time, above all, to laud you yet more gloriously, when Christ our Passover has been sacrificed. He never ceases to offer himself for us, but defends us and never pleads our cause before you. He is the sacrificial victim who dies no more, the Lamb once slain who lives forever. Therefore, overcome with paschal joy, every land, every people exalts in your praise. And even the heavenly powers with the angelic hosts Sing together the unending hymn of your glory as they acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaoth, Plenis Uncelia Terra, Gloria Tua, Hosanna in excelsis, Benedictus, Qui venit in nomine Domini, Hosanna in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, and all you have created rightly gives you praise. For through your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, by the power and working of the Holy Spirit, you give life to all things and make them holy. And you never cease to gather a people to yourself, so that from the rising of the sun to its setting, a pure sacrifice may be offered to your name. Therefore, O Lord, we humbly implore you by the same Spirit, graciously make holy these gifts we have brought to you for consecration, that they may become the body and blood of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, at whose command we celebrate these mysteries. For on the night he was betrayed, he himself took bread, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing and gave the chalice to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me.
the mystery of faith. When we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim your death, O Lord, until you come again. Therefore, O Lord, as we celebrate the memorial of the saving passion of your Son, his wondrous resurrection and ascension into heaven, and as we look forward to his second coming, we offer you in thanksgiving this holy and living sacrifice. Look, we pray, upon the oblation of your church, and recognizing the sacrificial victim by whose death you will to reconcile us to yourself, grant that we who are nourished by the body and blood of your Son and filled with his Holy Spirit may become one body, one spirit in Christ. May he make of us an eternal offering to you so that we may obtain an inheritance with your elect, especially with the most blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the blessed apostles and glorious martyrs, and with all the saints on whose constant intercession in your presence we rely for unfailing help. May this sacrifice of our reconciliation, we pray, O Lord, advance the peace and salvation of all the world. Be pleased to confirm in faith and charity your pilgrim church on earth with your servant Francis, our Pope, and Michael, our Bishop, the order of bishops, all the clergy, and the entire people you have gained for your own. Listen graciously to the prayers of this family whom you have summoned before you. In your compassion, O merciful Father, gather to yourself all your children scattered throughout the world. Remember your servant Vernon, whom you have called from this world to yourself. Grant that he who was united with your son in a death like his may also be one with him in his resurrection, when from the earth he will raise up in the flesh those who have died and transform our lowly body after the pattern of his own glorious body. To our departed brothers and sisters too, and to all who were pleasing to you at their passing from this life, give kind admittance to your kingdom. There we hope to enjoy forever the fullness of your glory when you will wipe away every tear from our eyes. For seeing you, our God, as you are, we shall be like you for all the ages and praise you without end through Christ our Lord, through whom you bestow in the world all that is good. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours, forever and ever. Amen. At the Savior's command, informed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, Father who, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give, Give us this day our daily bread, and, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, 
who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. Let's offer to the sign of peace. On you stay, qui tolis miserere nobis. On you stay, qui tolis miserere nobis. On you stay. Quit all this peccatamundi, don't have no peace pachem. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof. Only say the word in my soul. If we have died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with Christ. Alleluia. An act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, Come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Oh, Jesus, we adore thee, who in thy love divine Conceal thy mighty Godhead in forms of bread and wine. O sacrament most holy, O sacrament divine, all praise and all thanksgiving be every moment thine. O Jesus, we adore Thee, our victim and our priest, whose precious blood and body become our sacred feast. O sacrament most holy, O sacrament divine, all praise and all thanksgiving be every moment thine. Let us pray. Look with kindness upon your people, O Lord, and grant, we pray, that those you were pleased to renew by eternal mysteries 
may attain in their flesh the incorruptible glory of the resurrection through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace, glorifying the Lord by your life. Thanks be to God. Salve Regina, Mata Misericordiae, Vita Dulcedo, Et spes nostra salve. A te clamamus, exulas filii efe. A te sospiramus. The prayer to St. Michael. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruins of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the archangels St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord, amen. Spreading the splendor of truth, this is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. This is Gabriel from True Faith.